You are listening to the First and a Lot podcast. Here are your hosts, Joey and Don. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You there, Joey? I'm here. Hey, how we feeling this week? How we feeling? Ah, uh, pretty pumped up. I don't know about you. We got a pretty interesting start to the college football season. Um, I want to focus mostly on that for this show because the talk of the town, the uh, the the sugar of the ball. Even though I'm not a. a a a diehard fan but i'm definitely intrigued by the national story going on in colorado but let, let's start there and then we got a whole bunch of stuff going on it, basically college football is on a trajectory of change and we're seeing like the literal turning of the tide what are your thoughts on all that um i mean should we just change this podcast to colorado football I mean, like, how exciting is Colorado right now? Like, I can just talk about I that I think a lot of long. shows have. <laughs> a lot of shows have. All the um, Fox has been, I think they're going back to Boulder. They might well, let's set up camp. They're going there three weeks three weeks already. Fox and ESPN show up to Colorado at the same time. They got little Wayne walking Dion out on the games. They got The Rock down there. Every bandwagon fan and celebrity is jumping on the Colorado bandwagon. I don't blame them. I don't blame them 100%. Yeah, I, because okay, so this is the, the bomb. Honestly, the beginning of the season, I was going to be, I, I already told myself, I'm going to be hating on Colorado. You know, yeah, they'll be better, maybe three or four wins. But wow, they're fun to watch. And they're making Absolutely. me a believer, which I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, I believe. You believe? <laughs> like Deion says, I watched the videos from Deion Sanders Jr. I I even turned on one of the uh, overtime shows when they covered Shadur in high school. I, put, I watched like the first five or ten minutes because I didn't want to get sucked in. I didn't want to drink too much of the Kool-Aid. But you have one of the most outspoken athletes of our lifetime. And... Back then, Dion was flash and, you know, talk. And sometimes people painted him in a corner all, you know, um, you, you run your mouth, you talk too much, you, you're all showboat, all this. But look what it's turned into for him and a generation of football players. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the one thing that I'm just so excited to see is that they're putting it to yeah they have good players but it's more like their grittiness right that dog in them that fight and that's what makes it fun to watch right uh, let's be honest last game they didn't look very good they were struggling but that fight in them made them get all the way back into the game and ultimately win it which I didn't think there was any chance for them doing that so I think that's what makes it exciting for me is like, this is college football, right? Like you see that determination, that drive to succeed. 
And I think it all comes from the top, right? It comes from Dion and his coaching mm-hmm. staff. And and not only that, he's come along in the perfect time, um, the NL uh, NIL. So we we know the stigma with the NCAA and its um, old school ways, the traditions. Um, football players were paid under the table back then, you know, but now they can make money on their, their name, image, and likeness. Coaches jump from team to team. Now players can, they can get paid. And then that transfer portal has just changed football. You look like <laughs> my bummy of the week. I'm going to give it a little early. Davo Sweeney. Oh my goodness. He, he, uh, bummy, bummy, bummy of the week, that fool. He tried, he played himself. He played himself. He talked about players getting paid and these boys can't pay for food. They can't, um, you know, they're worried about their families back home and he's sitting in his million dollar house talking about, oh, they shouldn't get paid. They're complaining about the transfer portal. And now look at them struggling. Yeah, they're <laughs> just struggling. They're for sure not going to be a top team. I would say the next five years, to be honest. Oh yeah, I'm surprised he's even still coaching this team. I, if I was him, I would have jumped to the NFL and just cashed out. I think it was a big mistake on his part. Yep, he stayed long enough to become irrelevant. Irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what is it? Dion said it. Dion said you're you're either elevating or you're getting fired, and that's exactly what Dabo's doing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and I forgot the college uh, playoff is going to be expanding. And then you look at Nick Saban; he's gone from having. You know, back-to-back quarterbacks. I, I wouldn't say successful quarterbacks like uh, Lincoln Riley, but he's 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 had his system quarterbacks, right? Now he's kind of in a flux in this new environment where, you know, you're not the shiniest shoe in the closet now, uh, Nick Saban. Like, these, these guys can go other places and, and shine and... You know, just going back to Dion, I don't know if any other coach in the country has the clout that he has. Like, it, it's almost like, I wouldn't even say Barry Sanders because Barry Sanders doesn't have the persona. Not even close. He doesn't. It's like it's like Mike Tyson uh, coaching, um, uh, what's our boy's name? In in uh, uh, boxing. Is it Francis? Oh, Ngannou, yeah, he's gonna fire. Oh, uh, it's it's like that. Tyson Fury, yeah. I, I I put it on that level. Getting coached by Deion Sanders is like getting coached in like by, by Mike Tyson in boxing. I feel that, like having Deion as your coach, I feel like it would be tough, right? Like you saw his first meeting when he first went to Colorado, right? He's like, I'm bringing mm-hmm. in my Louis bags, and you know, just get ready to compete and. I get it now, right? Like at first, I was like, "Dude, this guy is gonna be tough." Like, I'm surprised any players like playing for him, but he demands a lot. But he also gives a lot of 
respect back to his players and I just feel like I would love to play for someone like that, you know? Not only that, Dion says, come play for me and I'll make you famous. I can't remember what movie that's from, but <laughs> I'll make you famous. I mean, he's, that's exactly that what he's doing. <laughs> It, it's uh, it's crazy, and I'm I'm really jealous. <laughs> I'm so I'm so jealous because, um, I think our hometown team could have had opportunities like that. I think Dion was available when our coaching staff um, surge started a few years back, and I saw on some message boards, there are some other teams that were um, jumping on that bandwagon. So I'll just hop on it a little bit, but man, we missed out. I feel like every school in the nation is going to say that right now. I don't, I don't see anybody else. I don't think there's anybody no else. No excitement like he does. Okay, so well, let's just be real. Can we just talk really quickly here? What's going to happen the rest of the year for Colorado? They've, you know, went above and beyond expectations the first three weeks. But now here comes Oregon. Here comes USC. What's going to happen? I'm hoping for some really good games. Um, I I want to be a believer, but that – and this is the best sports story Um out right now not just but out right I'm now but i was in the last like two years i've never seen anything like this this yeah this this has definitely changed college football hopefully for the future uh but, but when it comes to oregon and usc i don't give it to them this year now usc I can see a game there. I can see a little Kayla versus Shadur, you know, them falling to, you know, uh, either uh, lowering their, their play or, or raising their play uh, for some competition. Either, either side, I can see a really nice uh, dramatic game there. Uh, Oregon. So Colorado's a 20 and 20.5 point underdog currently as it stands to Oregon this week. Yeah, it has to be a pretty big tumble for Oregon to um, slip up in that game. It could be a trap game for Oregon. Every game, every every team Colorado plays could be a trap game for that other team. Okay, so a couple things real quick. First of all, I think without Travis Hunter, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, right? Um, give me Colorado by 100. Give me your take on trap. Oh, what? oh wait, what? Give me, what? Give me Colorado by 100. I, I'm telling you, this team is destined to keep riding the wave. I don't think it's going to end yet. Damn, you your belly full of Kool Aid right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You're usually right. I wouldn't put it past you. I'm gonna I'm gonna split. I'm gonna go. Oregon takes them, and uh, they beat USC. Woo! Let's so, go. The t- I think we could both agree that two Heisman front runners 
is obviously Caleb, right? I mean, he came into the season probably going to repeat as the Heisman winner. But Shador, I'm, I'm telling you, he's he's a real deal. Haven't even heard much about Caleb on these shows. It's crazy. It's like, it's like um, yeah, you're there, but he's doing this, you know? I, I, to me, these are the two frontrunners for the Heisman. It has to be. I mean, I know Colorado's getting all the attention and everything, but Caleb Williams, he, I mean, he's still putting up the numbers. He's still, he's still balling out. And uh, I think you're right. I think Oregon has a better defense than USC does right now. Um, So I think <laughs> if we had to pick one of the two, I understand where you're coming from, picking Colorado to take down USC, but uh, something tells me, man. I, I think Colorado's going to go on the road, right? I'm pretty sure it's, it's in Eugene. Tough place to play. Bo Nix isn't unflappable. I mean, how, how many years have we been watching him? Yeah. He's not like, he's, he's good, but he's not Caleb Williams. He's not, uh, he's not Shador. He's not. Um, like, so. I, I think, if the, I think that's their, their chance. Right. If, if uh, Bo Nix just, just doesn't do Plus, anything. like, I don't know if, like, was it, I think it was week two when they played Texas Tech. I mean, that was a dogfight. Yeah. They they pulled it out, but barely. Yeah. And I thought they were going to lose. I thought they were going to lose, too. And I, you know, not, you know, not to say Colorado didn't play a tough game this last week either, but I think, I think people are too high on Oregon. I really do. I think you're right. So, um, as it currently yeah. stands, as it currently stands, who's who's in your top four for the playoffs? Ooh, you hit me with a zinger right now. Man, even Georgia uh, scared me. They didn't look super dominant. You know, Washington... I hate watching them play. Even Washington State was uh, looking scary. Well, they have a big matchup against Oregon State this week, so that, you know, that could be eliminated right there. Even Texas kind of surprised me. So who's your top four? Okay, so if I'm looking ahead to the playoffs, I'm going Washington. Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia. Interesting. I don't think Washington. I think the Pac-12 is the Pac-12 is gonna kill itself yet again in this last year. That's the thing that's coming. Just because it's so strong, though, I don't see a team. Really, obviously, winning now. I don't see it happening. But Michael Penis Jr. is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> He's overrated. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> so, I think for me, I think Michigan's top four. I think it's going to be Texas. I mean, I think they're back. 
Um, give me USC. Man. I think USC gets it done as well in the Pac-12. Ah. Yeah, this could be a little... I was thinking Texas. I was going to say Texas. Texas always drops it. They do, but they... I think they have it. After that Alabama win, I think they overcome a lot from that. I don't know. What about Notre Dame? I think they look super... I think Notre Dame takes down Ohio State this week. Ooh, okay. So you're saying that Pac-12 gets left out? No, I think USC makes it. Oh, USC. Yep. Hmm. I think that... Oh, because the the Heisman hopeful. <laughs> I think the SEC might be the dog out, Ooh, which has never dang. happened before. Never. And that hits on the point. Like the college landscape has really changed with all of this movement, and it's really refreshing. It is. I think. The only team in the SEC that, in my opinion, has a chance to make it in is obviously Georgia. But, man, their schedule is so easy. And I hate that. I hate that they didn't take the challenge, you know, as defending champions. What, back-to-back years, right? They didn't take a chance to put a tough schedule together. And I hate that. It's a lot of undefeated teams in the top 25. This is going to be good. Uh, before we get too deep, um, uh, what's your take on Travis Hunter? Your observations. <laughs> um, I think he's one hell of a player. I really enjoy watching him play mm-hmm. I I don't know like you know I, I he honestly can play both sides of the ball like in an elite level both sides but it scares me that they're putting him in so many plays you know I hope he doesn't get burnt out but I, I think he's when... a real deal I think he's legit like legit good mm-hmm. I agree. I think more so on defense. Well, that's what everyone says, right? Everyone says he's, you know, really a defend, you know, defensive-minded player, but he's been surprising me on that receiver level. And he can only get better, right? I feel like he hasn't Here's played my... as much, and he's going to get more reps, and I think he could be... <laughs> a top five elite wide receiver in college football. Here's my observation. He's got to catch the ball the first time. If you go back to the TCU game, it hits his hands and he has to catch it again. And that's where the drops are coming. If he can tighten that up and catch the ball when it hits his hands the first time, it's a wrap at receiver. Right. But when I look at it, it's hitting his hands. He's got to haul it in. He's got to wrap it up. And when he's trying to bring it in, it's been touching the ground on both uh, defense and offense. 
That's my observation. I see that. So for, I don't if that's the fatigue, said, and it feels like he's new at this receiver spot. Really, you know. Well, he's he's been doing it since high school. He's had 120 so 120 snaps in high school. Everyone played both sides of the ball in high school. At an elite level, that's what they're gonna say. At an elite level, <laughs> <laughs> got me there. <laughs> I uh, man, just puts puts everything I did to shame though. <laughs> just looking back, what's your thoughts on Shador? Is he a legit Heisman contender? Is he an NFL prospect? One thousand percent. Only Deion Sanders would have two sons that were great. Michael Jordan, you think, wow, you know, he's he would he's bound to have, you know, these amazing basketball players. But leave it to Dion to have um when his son had a pick six, I was like having flashbacks. I was like, man, that was so cool to watch. Um Shadur surprises me, but, but but they say we shouldn't be surprised. Dion's been coaching for 20 years. He's been coaching his son. His son has never had another coach. Um, he's he's um, Tom Brady is his mentor. Um, his play surprises me because I just didn't know. Yeah, Sam. I agree what I would you. what I would like him to do though, um, and maybe uh, Dion says maybe other guys are missing their assignments. Maybe the line is missing his block. But I would like him to take less sacks. And you know, it's only a matter of time before that ball pops loose when when somebody's hitting you, um, throw it away and um, live for the next play. Yeah. So I've noticed that a lot with not just in college, but even in the NFL. Where these, you know, more mobile quarterbacks invading the sack, right? They do a good job getting away, hitting the sideline, and they run out to take a two or three yard loss instead of throwing the ball away. And I don't understand why that keeps happening. I think there's a lack of awareness when you're out on the field. It's that patented move. It's that Fran Tarkington. It's that they're right handed. They're looking to the right. Every DN fucking falls for it. <laughs> they're 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 the right-handed. They're looking to the, they can even be left-handed, but they do that um, clockwise spin to get around that left DN, and I think they lose where they're at on the field, and they uh, either run out of bounds or try to throw it across their body, um, but just chuck it. Yeah, exactly. you know what I'm talking about? They do that that little that little pirouette. And then run around the, the end and... And they just run out of bounds and take a two or three-yard loss. I, I, that's one thing I'll never understand. Um, maybe I shouldn't just because <laughs> there's no way I could ever play that position at elite level. But uh, I don't know. To me as a spectator, I think it's the most easiest thing to do is just throw the ball away. You're outside the pocket. Just get rid of it. Go to the next play. But... Yeah. What else we got? What are your other uh, early impressions? Um, any NFL? Man, I'm 
heartbroken for some of the injuries happening right now. Um, obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers going down week one, that was a tough pill to swallow because I think he was about to have an MVP season. Um, and then, oh, man, do you see Nick Chubb in his his knee? Yeah, isn't that his third knee, though? <sighs> At least his second, but that was ugly. And it's, it scares me that it could be career-ending, you know? I'm actually surprised that he pl- he's played this well after the last knee. I'm actually really surprised. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, it just sucks. It sucks watching people get hurt. I we never want to see that. Um, but these are pretty nasty injuries that are happening. But but let's get into the let's get into the the nitty gritty. Are the Jets fucking cursed, Joey? <laughs> the Jets are Joey's team. Okay, let's get into this. Give us your your top three reasons out of the your your history with the Jets. Give us your top three most impactful curses. Butt fumble, butt fumble, butt fumble. Oh, I mean, <laughs> once that happened on Thanksgiving, I I can't tell you how excited I was as Thanksgiving. I I love Thanksgiving. Just had a big ass meal that was delicious, and Jets are playing prime time against the Patriots, and that happens. Oh my god! Like yeah. that started the downfall of the Jets, and yeah, we're we're cursed. However. I thought Aaron Rodgers would be the one to break it up, but I guess we got to roll the dice with Zach Wilson once again, and hopefully um, he can survive at least, what, eight, nine wins, we'll be happy. So, yeah, I thought the butt fumble was the play that I'll never forget that changed how everyone views the Jets and the curse of, of the Jets right there. I'll tell the real story, Joey. It all started when that that damn man, Joe Willie Namath, sold his soul for a Super Bowl, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and a fur coat, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he set it up. He set it up he got for it to be wanted. broken down. Yep. <laughs> I mean, oh, man, we're due. You know, long we're, we're the team with the longest playoff drought. I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, we're we're due. We're due to at be least honest. Be, be, be honest. Did the Jets get Zach Wilson because he went viral on his pro day? I think so. Yeah, but look at the next pick. The next pick was Trey Lance. Same thing. I thought both of those guys were going to be busts, and they are. Big mistake. I uh-huh. was hoping that, you know, at the time, I know I told you because I was so upset and annoyed. I thought we should have used a number two pick on a receiver, which would have been Jamar Chase. Oh, damn. And <laughs> I thought Sam Darnold. Swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah, I thought Darnold should have gone. 
you know, another year with actual weapons around him because he had absolutely nobody. And they didn't do it. They went with Zach Wilson, who is, should we say it, certified bum? Ooh, damn. Yeah. That you 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 can't plan for a guy's weakness. Some guys it's the drink. Some guys it's the white powder. Zach Wilson, it was the MILF. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one good thing about him. At least he can get it done. And the deal. He got the daughter too. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> damn um but shouts out to the lance family coach lance trey's dad was our db coach at my uh, d2 shout out uh that, bomb that, sorry to say it but it happens <laughs> it, it it happened but here here's the thing he got injured not a lot of plays um done i think he played done He's a bum. Yes. He is a bum. He 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 looks shaky out there when he went out there this year. Shaky. This year? You mean every year? He's not good. Ooh. He's not good. Ooh, that's hard to eat. Yeah. Um, how about the like, Atlanta Falcons being two and oh? Bijan's looking pretty good. That's no, been a, started. That's a big shock. Um, I think the other big shock too is seeing the Giants come back to beat the Cardinals. That was shocking. Giants look like the worst team in the NFL. Came dominated by the team that was supposedly tanking for Caleb Williams, and somehow they came back to win. So it was pretty amazing. Coach called a timeout and said, "What the hell are you guys doing? We're winning." <laughs> I gotta get my USC jersey on <laughs> and then I think uh, I have to say this too the most impressive team in the NFL Dallas Cowboys speak on it um, you've seen Michael Parsons I mean like have you seen a player that's that versatile on the field and still gets it done every single play. I mean, like, yeah, look at the Watt brothers and all that, but I feel like Parsons is more versatile. I think he could play at other positions as well. Like what? I mean, like, yeah, he goes on to the defensive end. He does a lot of rushes. He can obviously play the linebacker position, obviously. And then mm -hmm. even on that, like, he's covered some really good tight ends. I think he could play any position on that field. Okay, and then what else do they have, though? I mean, just that defense alone. Trayvon Diggs, I think, is a shutdown corner for them. Uh, Van Der mm -hmm. Esch, I think he's kind of a bruiser in the linebacker position. Um, I think this team is for real. I think Mike McCarthy, <laughs> as much as everyone talks crap about him, I think he's doing a really great job doing the play calling. Um, Tony Pollard, I'm so glad he's the main back guy. Um, you know, Zeke needed to go. I think Pollard is a better player. 
And as long as Dak stays healthy, I think this is a team to beat right now. I forgot Gilmore was there. Yeah, it is pretty solid. It's a very solid. I th- I I truly believe this team, as much as everyone thinks they might be cursed too, but I think this team is um, for sure a Super Bowl contender. <laughs> Jerry Jones, I don't know. I think he cost them a couple of Super Bowls, but I'll I'll keep my mouth shut on that. I think uh, your Raiders, I think they have potential, but they look shaky. Um, I think the, <laughs> the team that's doing horrible that I love and I'm glad to see them fail is the Broncos. It's tough. It, 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 how, how are you not good in Vegas? Maybe they're just out in Vegas too much. They're just partying too much. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm super excited. You know what? Like, just to close out the show, I know we already said we're the bums of the week are, but, uh, man, I am excited for this weekend. I think college football has some amazing matchups, some games that I can't wait to watch. And I can't wait to see some of these NFL teams to see if they're legit or not, you know. These Buccaneers, the Falcons, everyone thought they'd be horrible. They're 2-0, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with those teams if they're going to finally start failing a little bit and, you know, things get, you know, twisted up a little bit and back to normal or if this is a real deal. So I think this weekend's going to tell us a lot about both college and the NFL. I agree. Um, I'm a little more in on uh, the college football um, pageantry and change of the guard um, ushered in by Neon Dion Sanders. Um, it's, it's it's exciting again. It is um, even 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 games that uh, teams I'm not even into. I'm I'm tuning in just a um you know see what's going on and it, it reminds me of back in the day uh espn showing all the highlights um uh, it, it it's fun um nfl eh, we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but um what else we got to, to wrap it up uh, any la- final, thoughts? final thoughts i know you just gave some mm-hmm. um last thing i want to say for this episode is colorado by 100 um uh, let's let's ride the train mm. Yeah, we didn't do any gambling. Um, any tips when we're when we're uh, putting in our bets on college football? College football has some huge spreads. Don't be afraid of it. Um, both sides, right? Okay. Sometimes you got to take some dogs that are given thirty points, and sometimes the favorites can easily cover those big spreads. So don't be scared um, to bet those games. Still. Explain the spreads for the folks that are in Arizona where gambling just started two years ago on these apps. Yeah, so the spread is just what the experts put the score, right? So, for example, Oregon is a 20-point favorite. So if you bet Colorado on the spread, as long as they don't lose by over 20 points, you're going to cash out. Cha-ching! 
and send Joey some money to his cash app when you win. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. All right. Uh, all right, cool. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, we'll check in next week. This has been another episode of First and a Lot. We checking out. We doing that Dion Sanders down the sideline, scoring the touchdowns, and we'll check in with you next time. Peace. Later. Later.